Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week on Screen Verdicts, we're going to be reviewing Argo. Go Argo yourself. It's a misquote from the film. (laughs) Yeah, it was something like that. (laughs) Close enough. Continuing our theme of reviewing films. No, no. (laughs) What? Those of you excited (laughs) to hear the ruffling of paper and chomping of Matt's mouth, get excited. Those of you who are like me, you can't stand Matt eating on the podcast. You've got to well, inform you that Subway cookies in the area. I, I need to sweep the room. I need to sweep Podcast HQ before we do podcasts in the future. Well, uh, we There's were, hidden cookies in the corner. We were planning it, and then I started getting the cookies out, and you're like, stop doing that, it's too loud. Like, But I was trying to do it before the podcast. Yeah, there was three of them. You're never just going <laughs> to smash three cookies. I was... <laughs> You never see me around three cookies, obviously. No. Anyway, we're going to be continuing our theme of reviewing things in reverse alphabetical order. We're mm. now on to Argo. Argo. Bit of a jump from Killing Them Softly to Argo. Not sure how many films we can review that are before Argo in the alphabet. Mm. 21 Jump Street. There we go. Let's do a second 21 Jump Street review. <laughs> but for now, let's talk about Argo. Hmm. The third directorial outing from Ben Affleck. Yes. Interesting guy. Yeah, Ben Affleck's been around for a while. I think he got his break with Goodwill Hunting. He won an Oscar for that. For writing mm. with Matt Damon. Which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. Because I feel like they won that and everyone loved him, but like you heard there were rumours that they didn't really write the movie or, you know, they're very populist or whatever. Like, they weren't real serious writers. And they weren't taking that seriously afterwards in some ways, especially maybe Ben Affleck, right? Yeah, I think in my mind for a while, I thought Ben Affleck was a bit of a joke. I think films like Pearl Harbor and Geely... Oh, my Geely. ...were pretty poor. Mm. But since he started directing his own films, so far he's done Gone Baby Gone and The Town. These mm. actually did quite well critically. Mm. So I guess there's been a bit of a Ben Affleck resurgence. A renaissance of Ben Affleck. What did you think of these films, Matt? Well, I've seen them both. That's a good start. I thought Gone Baby Gone was okay. Didn't love it. And I thought um, The Town was... I didn't love it, but it was a pretty good film. Pretty exciting film. No, I haven't seen both. Not as good a start. I haven't seen Gone Baby Gone, but I've seen The Town, and I thought The Town would be sort of a fairly interesting action movie. But I thought it was great. I think it was a really good action movie, really well-paced, great script, great acting. I love Jeremy Renner. And apart from a tiny bit of a soft ending, I thought it was a really great film. So I was pretty interested to see Argo, pretty excited for the next Ben Affleck film. I thought the stuff with... Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck was interesting, like the mobster stuff. The thing where I think the film was a bit weak was the FBI stuff, where you had Don Draper and the Man in Black sort of just following them around. That's surprising. You like the John Hamm stuff less than I did. <laughs> I, like, Maybe that was because he was doing something. <laughs> Maybe he just sat there looking into a, a whiskey glass. It would have been more entertaining for you. He wasn't doing anything. <laughs> would be. He was just... You're just following Ben Affleck going, oh, well, well, we know you're robbing the banks. We'll get you guys. So I was interested to see Argo. There's been a bit of buzz about it. 
been buzzing about Argo. I think at goldderby.com at the moment, um, number one awards website, it is, um, it's leading the best picture race, the, the racetrack odds. A serious buzz. Yeah. Favourite to win best picture at the Oscars. Of a les miserables. And it's sort of like, I guess, on the heels of the town, which was quite critically acclaimed, had a lot of support, didn't do that well at the Oscars. Jeremy Renner got a nomination. Yes, Jeremy Renner picked up a nomination, but, I, you know, it was a serious film that people, I think, took seriously. And now Argo, probably even more academy-friendlier type film. It's about a political situation. It's based on a true story. It's got a great ensemble cast. Like, I think it, it, it really could be a good timing for Ben Affleck to come along and make some waves at the Oscars. So let's talk a bit about the film, what the film's actually about. Mm. Argo, interesting name. Doesn't tell you a whole lot. This is based on a true story, as you said. What's the situation here, Matt? What's what's the setup? In Iran, like 30 years ago or something, there was some tension between the USA and the Iranians. And long story short, the Iranians storm the US embassy in Iran. There's a few people who escape. And they run on up, they, they get out, Americans get out, and they end up finding their way to the Canadian embassy where they're hiding out. So there's a problem. The Americans need to rescue the Americans in the Canadian embassy before they're caught by the Iranians who, who obviously want them. Yes, yeah, so this is a bit of an interesting situation. The US embassy is controlled by these people who have taken over, and there's about 50 hostages there. Mm. But they also want to find the six people that have escaped. Mm. So that makes it quite tough to sort of two rescue up your operations. Mm. And one of them involves not even revealing that six have escaped because they don't even want them to know that six are missing mm. in the first place. Yeah. And apparently this isn't the easiest place to rescue people from. Yeah. Their Iranians are checking people when they leave the airports and country and stuff. And, um, yeah, you can't just, like, get a flight out of... Iran to America. Yeah, people think post-9-11 airport security is a hassle. Seems yeah. like in Iran that's uh, been the case for a while. A lot yeah. of forms, a lot of checking, a lot of uh, sly looks from people with uh, yeah. sunnies and guns and things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's a bit, of a bit of a situation for sure. Now, when you get in a situation like this, of course, your first protocol is Ben Affleck. You think, who can rescue these hostages? You know, maybe Jack Bauer. Yeah. Uh, maybe James Bond. Nah, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck can do it. Yeah. Yeah, he, to be honest, wouldn't have been my first port of call. Oh, really? Well, like people like Jack Bauer, you'd think, would be much more experienced. <laughs> but Jack Bauer can only really commit to do something in 24 hours. <laughs> this is more than a one-day job. He was out, so maybe you Ben Affleck the buzz. Claire Danes, you know it, <laughs> from Homeland. <laughs> should go mental. <laughs> so Ben Affleck is called in. And Despite Matt's protest, yeah. they went with Ben Affleck, yeah. and he comes up with a pretty crazy idea. Yeah, like they're throwing around other ideas, bikes and school teachers or whatever, and um, Ben Affleck, a bit of a wet blanket. He doesn't like anyone's ideas, <laughs> except his own ideas, <laughs> which was, why don't we say we're Canadians, go in, 
say we're shooting a movie, a science fiction movie, and then they can get caught up in the film crew, and then we just go back out all out as the film crew. And the film they decide to make is a sci-fi film called Argo. Which is the name of this movie, not just the fake movie within this movie. <laughs> Seeing as this is based on a true story, that probably was a script called Argo. That was probably someone was trying to get that film made. So I guess that's the title of three films. Yeah. The, yeah. The, a script someone actually wrote, then the fake film in the film, and then Argo, the film we're reviewing. Yeah. Do you think it would be a good idea to... Um... Make Argo now. Yeah, after having watched this film, I definitely want to see the actual Argo, the, the film that was supposed to be making, the sci-fi film. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's time to get on that, Hollywood. If they make the real Argo, think Screen Verdict commitment now, we will review it on Screen Verdict. <laughs> definitely. We will watch and review the real Argo if they ever make the real Argo. That's a good offer. That'll be a huge bump to yeah. the uh, <laughs> yes. sales. Ticket sales. Well, we've got we've just sent all the studios tripping over each other to get the, uh, the rights to this film. Do you reckon Iran were really excited when they heard like with all this tension and trouble in the world that Canada was looking to make a movie there? Do you reckon like like this is going to be great for us politically? Yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> like they're going to bring all these Canadian movie stars down to Iran. Like that's where people want to be. Like. You don't think they would have thought something's a bit up, that all of a sudden Canada wants to make a movie there? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how commonly things were filmed there. If like, they did a live-action Aladdin, maybe yeah. we'd shoot it there. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to see a live-action Aladdin film. <laughs> do you reckon this, do you reckon this, uh, this plan could have been uh, used to get the 50 hostages out they just get Canada to come and go, oh, we need to shoot a scene in the embassy, the US embassy scene. Like, <laughs> that looks exactly like the spaceship. Let's, uh, can we just get in there? And then they just try to walk out with all the American hostages. Oh, no, they were in the crew. They were they were extras that we brought in from Canada. Yeah, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everyone. <laughs> oh, no one is still here. Yeah. <laughs> it was all a ruse. Yeah. Those Canadian filmmakers, they got us again. <laughs> so that's the setup for the film. Mm. Now, Ben Affleck seems to have some pulling power in Hollywood because he gets a fair amount of recognisable people on the cast. Yeah, a, a who's who of character actors we love from film and television. Definitely. Normally we like to review the characters in the films that... We review. And it's fantastic because I've written detailed notes on all of them that I'd love to run us through. Unfortunately, this is not a two-hour podcast. Uh, there are so many names here that we'll perhaps just let you know who they are. And then Matt and I, we're going to pick an MVP each, our favourite. Mm. So who are some of the names that people might recognise in Argo, Matt? Well, they brought out the big guns. None more so than Zelko Ivanek. <laughs> From season one of Damages, we talked a bit about him in the Born Legacy uh, podcast as well. He was in Oz. Oz as well. Mm. John Goodman. We love John Goodman. Also from Damages. Also from Damages, <laughs> season four Damages, and he's in The Artist, and he, he's just always great when he pops into things. There's Brian Cranston, aka Walter White, from Breaking Bad. I think the eighth. Greatest uh, drama <laughs> character of all since time. 2000. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Walter, since 2000. 
Um, we have Kyle Chandler or Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights <laughs> doing duty as uh, Jimmy Carter's chief of staff. We have Alan Arkin, Oscar winner from Little Miss Sunshine. He played the granddad in Little Miss Sunshine and the same character in like about half a dozen other movies. <laughs> we have the man in black from Lost. I don't know his name, but he was in it too for a little bit. Um, who am I forgetting? Scoot McNary from last week's Killing yes. Me Softly podcast. Well, I wanted you to say Scoot McNary. I know you love that name yeah. so much. <laughs> Still the best name of the year a week later. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sophie from Carnival. And there's um, Tate Donovan from Damages. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as Dutch, you would probably know, the OC. <laughs> he was in the OC too, wasn't he? Yeah. He was. <laughs> So, there you go. Ben Affleck. Do you reckon he's a Damages fan? Good on you, Ben Affleck. Yeah, if the slipper fits. Little bell. Anyway, sorry. We need to have the Damages theme song sung in as many podcasts as possible. We get up. So if we never get around to doing a Damages podcast, at least there's that. The people are very excited about Damages podcast now, probably. But anyway, so Jonathan... Who was your MVP in this film? I'm actually going to write mine down so it doesn't seem like I'm just trying to be different or trying to copy you. Okay, I think I'm going to go with John Goodman. Whoa. Him and Alan Arkin are in a lot of scenes together. They are part of the fake studio. They're supposed to be making the film. He's a special effects makeup kind of expert. And Alan Arkin's the producer. Hmm. And they're a pretty funny team. They bring yeah. a lot of the, the comedy in the film, sort of jokes about how shallow and things are in Hollywood. Mm. But they're also people that are working with Ben Affleck. Mm. Ben Affleck is the CIA agent who has to do all these things to try and convince everyone that this fake film is real so they can get the hostages out. And he has to overcome a lot of obstacles. And some mm. of the obstacles are frustrating. Mm. But these two guys are on his side. And therefore, it's entertaining to watch them and we like them. Mm. I think these two uh, are the best. And I think of those two, I think Alan Arkin probably had more jokes, but I think I like John Goodman's character more. I just, he just has a great presence, mm. John Goodman. He's very yeah. believable and captivating, and that's why he's my MVP. MVP John Goodman. That is not who I wrote down. My MVP was Brian Cranston. He works with Ben Affleck with the, at the CIA. So he's involved in the CIA end of things. And I think, I was enjoying all the characters a lot. I think, like, across the board, they're all very good uh, here. I would love to see this ensemble win the Screen Actors Guild Ensemble of the Year award. I think it would be a very deserving win there. But um, I think Brian Cranston has a scene near the end where he has to get on to some various channels. And he has to do... And he is on fire in those (laughs) scenes. Get me onto the line, get me... Do, like, he's a man... Like, when he's needed to, man of action in the show. You can see yeah. the switch over from Walter White to Heisenberg. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a scene also where he gets really annoyed and just throws his phone at the window. Like, he's a very... Smashed as well. He just smashed, hits it and it just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weak yeah. phones they had yeah. 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I just thought he was the best character on in the movie. Now, what were your thoughts on the politics angle of the film or the political sort of issues? Yeah, now going into the film, I thought, obviously this is a bit of a tense situation. It'll be hard maybe to 
represent both sides fairly, whether it will maybe just try and focus on the mission and ignore the politics. Hmm. This film created an interesting reaction in me, which I'm not sure the film intended. It made me really dislike the Iranians in the film. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm supposed to pick a side. I don't think this is supposed to be like, America, yeah. Like, I think it was was supposed to be sort of represent both sides. But there's this former Iranian leader that the Americans have taken in and the Iranians want him to come back so Mm -hmm. he can be put on trial. You're like, yeah, I get that. This is a guy that terrorized your country, whatever. But why are you taking it out on these embassy members who in your country? Like, they, they have nothing to do with that policy. They can't help that. It's like, these yeah. are all innocent people. And these people are cap- held captive for a long time and treated really badly. You go, well, that's, that's not really okay. Yeah. You go, well, that's just like, that doesn't represent everyone. But even just the people in the streets in the film are quite unlikable. Hmm. For example... This girl takes a photo, and this guy chucks this huge, like, angry fit at the fact that she took a photo of something of his, and she's, like, instantly apologizes, like, oh, okay, you can have the photo back. No, I think here, that would be the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. say I had some artworks that I didn't want people taking photos of, because they might sell them or whatever. I'll be like, oh, excuse me, you can't take photos of the artwork. And she goes, oh, sorry, here's the photo back. I'll be like, yeah, no worries, cool. But he's livid, he's screaming and yelling and fighting, and then everyone else joins in, and it's practically a riot. It's all this one photo. It's all like, um, it was very interesting. It was sort of like, you took a photo without my permission, you idiot. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, you have the photo back. He's like, oh, now you don't want my photo. Oh, it's not good enough for you, is it? Oh, like, yeah, it's it, it, very hard to please the Iranians. Uh, <laughs> you feel like um, they send the leader back to get tried in Iran, and then Iran would have been, oh, our former leaders aren't good enough for you, America. Oh, you're just sending them back to us. (laughs) No, look, I don't think we're meant to maybe hate Iranians in the film, but they're definitely... I'm not saying I hate Iranians (laughs) now because of the film. I'm just saying the Iranians in the film, I I found very frustrating and aggressive, and I didn't really like any of those characters, how it portrayed in the film. They are definitely the villains of the film, the Iranians, though. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're the people that are going to get through airport security with and foil, and, like, they are the the hurdles in the film. Yeah, I suppose I just think it comes down to there should be a greater separation between just general Iranian people and these terrorists. But it seemed like they were kind of grouped together. Like, I couldn't tell the difference between... Them, and I think that's quite a risky thing to do. Mm. Now, continuing the political theme, mm. when we saw the trailer for this film, I think yep. before Lawless, yes. Afterwards, you said, "Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing Jimmy Carter." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Oh, well, he's like the president stuff during the reigning." I was like, "Yeah, but he's not in the film." Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, but I'm just looking forward to seeing sort of you know footage of him on the TV talking and that. Well, I can understand how someone could be a fan of Jimmy Carter, but that's the thing you are most excited for in Argo? Background footage of Jimmy Carter? But, and, and how it was used in the film, I guess, too. Because like, he's, a, he's a president, right? Uh, but there aren't many movies made about the time he was president or his presidency or anything. He sort of was in for four years. There isn't really much, like stuff about him that we see in the cinemas. So Maybe he should have started more wars, then there'd be more films made about him. Yeah, well, he didn't start any wars, president. So <laughs> so all he did was a peace accord between Egypt and Israel. But anyway, 
Don't want to get political in the podcast. <laughs> what a, um, but I was very excited to see Jimmy Carter because he is the only US president that I have met. You've met him. That's a pretty I've big met, deal. I've met Jimmy How Carter. How did this come yeah. about, Matt? Well, um, I was in America. I was holidaying down in America. And I, was, I, I thought it would be nice to meet a US president while I was in America. <laughs> I thought that would be a good thing to tick off the list. <laughs> and I was a fan of... I, I like Jimmy Carter. I read a couple of his books and... And things like that. Some of his Christian sort of stuff's quite quite good. So um, I found out that he spoke at his local church uh, about two or three times a month. So I got um, I got a twenty hour bus trip down from Washington D.C. to Georgia, then spent a night in a place called Cordell, and then got a train from Cordell to Plains, which is uh, the small town where he grew up, where he lives nowadays. Um, with his wife, and the hotel was all full, the only inn in the town. It's a town of, like, 600 people. Uh, but the lady who ran it said, like, oh, it's okay, um, you can sleep on the couch here for free. So very, very kind, very kind uh, community in town. And then she said, oh, and we're having a community dinner tonight. You're more than welcome to come and join us. <laughs> so I went to, was going to the dinner, I was walking along. When I was coming into the house for the dinner... There were secret service agents at the door. I, I got to the door and one of them was like, are you Matt? <laughs> I'm like, yes. It's like, oh, good. We'll be waiting for you. <laughs> so, okay. So I uh, then went in and Jimmy Carter and his wife were, were having the dinner. So I said hi to uh, his, I was introduced to his wife and I had a quick chat with her. And then I queued up behind Jimmy Carter to get my food. And then he walked past me. And I sort of nodded at him and he nodded, <laughs> nodded back. And then um, I went to church the next morning to hear him speak, and he spoke really well. And he said, sort of, oh, who here's from an interesting place? And I was like, oh, I'm from Australia. And he's like, oh, Australia, cool. And then um, I saw him after the service, and I said, oh, we'll be praying for you at our church and things like that. And he's like, oh, thanks very much. Yeah. So I got to meet Jimmy Carter. So that's why I was excited, I guess, to see a movie with him in. You promised that story would be shorter. I'm sorry. I remember details as I was telling it. But it was somewhat interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Got a secret service and a former president and things, but um, <laughs> I like how you seem sort of surprised while telling the story that Jimmy Carter was there at the dinner, <laughs> like after you'd already seen the secret service, like, like, like as if they were going to be there just for you. Like, oh, you're Matt. We've been expecting you. They sent the secret service, and then you get yeah. inside. Oh, it was for Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jimmy Carter is actually in the film. He did a voice recording for the film, for the end credits. Well, I was going to say, you were excited for Jimmy Carter in the film. Did that live up to your expectations? Was there enough Jimmy Carter? Were you pleased with the Jimmy Carter presence in Argo? I'm going to be honest, I think they could have done with maybe a little more. Like, I think we didn't get quite heaps of Jimmy Carter in the film. Yeah, I think Not- we only saw his face maybe like once on a TV screen. Uh, a bit more than one. Like, it was about three, three or four times. But oh, um, like, usually I don't the- have the keen Jimmy Carter <laughs> eye that Matt's keenly been honing over the last few years. <laughs> I think, I think um, could have had maybe just a little more for the context. And I think... It's not really Jimmy Carter that I thought we should have seen more of. I thought that was sort of okay. But maybe a little bit more of Kyle Chandler, who was the chief of staff to Jimmy Carter, just to get a bit more of that side of things, uh, to see how the White House was responding to this operation and stuff would have been quite... I always thought when 
Kyle Chandler was on screen. I was interested in how he was taking the information. Was he angry? Was he interested? Was he pleased? Was he so? Maybe would have liked actually more Kyle Chandler, not Jimmy Carter. <laughs> and I thought it was nice that they do a bit of a like nod to Jimmy Carter at the end with a bit of narration. Um, I saw an interview where Ben Affleck was talking about the choice to put the Jimmy Carter audio in the end, and he said to have the president from the time of when the film was being made give an audio recording for the end of it validates the story we're told. Like, the president said, yes, this did happen. <laughs> like, which I think is a fair point. Like, uh, he said he didn't do it for political purposes or anything. It was to validate the story of the film. Yeah, it definitely validates it because American presidents aren't known for lying. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Confirms the trueness <laughs> of the story. Well, they'll do a movie on the, uh, how great the Iraq war was in, like, ten years. <laughs> and, like, they'll do a George W. Bush will have a recording end of it going, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was the best decision of any president ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's Matt's impression of Will Ferrell's impression of George Bush. <laughs> I, was go- I was going for uh, John Stewart's impression of George W. Bush, so I <laughs> struck out there. So I think now it might be time to move on to our segment, What Has Blank Taught Us? Mm. This week, What Has Argo Taught Us? Mm. Matt, what did Argo teach you? It taught me that if there are shredded documents that you want put back together, just get a whole bunch of kids. Get a whole (laughs) bunch of, like, three-year-olds or four-year-olds and just tip out all the stuff and say, get to work, kids. I'm not sure if this is Iranian kids-specific, (laughs) <laughs> uh, but they have sort of this, like, daycare centre in the movie in the US Embassy where there's that heaps of Iranian kids putting together all the shredded documents. I thought, yeah, kids are probably having fun. <laughs> like, kids like puzzles. <laughs> it's pretty much just a puzzle. I guess that's what they were thinking, right? It makes me think those puzzle boxes are being a bit harsh with their advisory ages, like this thousand-piece puzzle for ages eight and up. That was like a million-piece puzzle, and there were yeah. some pretty young kids doing a good job yeah. of putting those shredded pieces of paper back together. Yeah, and they didn't have a picture to work yeah, off. They didn't, they didn't have they the box. Up. Yeah, they weren't given, here's a box with the picture of the US document, like, put it together. <laughs> yeah, so I was very impressed with uh, Iranian kids' abilities to put shredded documents together. <laughs> Jonathan, what has Argo taught you? Well, Matt, Argo taught me that it might be quite difficult to get a drink in Iran. Mm. Not sure entirely what the laws are on alcohol. On alcohol, alcohol. Uh, apparently, I'm drunk right now. Um, <laughs> because while in the plane, people often enjoy a drink on the plane. Mm. They were told that they were no longer allowed to drink that when they crossed into Iranian airspace. Yeah, which I would have found perhaps a bit disappointing, especially if I hadn't finished my drink. As Ben Affleck seemed to have a full drink taken away from him when they crossed Iranian airspace. So I'd be, I'd be checking my watch, checking when we're supposed to cross over that line and be doing a better job of finishing my drinks uh, rather than having full drinks taken away from me. Yeah, which might not be the most responsible policy. That would just encourage me to just crush a whole bunch yeah. of drinks in the first half of the trip. And then you're going to be getting off in Iran plastered. <laughs> like, like, if Iran doesn't want drunk people, they should be encouraging people to maybe on the plane, drink in moderation. <laughs> Is it time to give this uh, a verdict? Yes, let's give a rating for Argo. 
Well, I was really enjoying Argo about 40 minutes in. Had lots of actors that I liked. I thought this was an interesting setup. You have these hostages being taken, and there's a bit of a crazy scheme to get them out making this fake film. But the film doesn't really give you any more than is revealed in the trailer. In terms of making the film, like, they don't really do anything to make a film. Like, I was actually more interested in the sci-fi version of Argo than the Argo I actually got to watch. Yeah. They're mainly just trying to convince people that this is real, so they hire an office and make, like, a fake name and... That wasn't that interesting to me. So it sort of dragged a little bit in the middle, and then it, towards the end it's, okay, we're trying to get them out. But it didn't seem like they did anything that clever. There wasn't really many great plot devices or just the good strategies on the parts of the characters in the film. It just seemed like they should get out quite easily, but lots of little things will come up in order to add tension to the film. Like, will they get out? Will they make it in time? And it kind of felt just like an average episode of 24. They're like, well, here's a little plot device that makes you think they're not going to quite get, oh, that was tense, and oh, what if this guy notices this? Oh, he noticed it. Oh, but they got out of like... It was just one after the other, and it probably went on for like 40 minutes. Hmm. So I felt that was a little cheap. I don't think that was really what would have happened in real life. What happened in real life might have been, not have been as interesting. But make up something more interesting than these cheap little tension devices. Yeah. And then it ended... And I was like, I can't put my finger on it, but I just didn't really enjoy the film that much. It was fairly well directed, well acted. I think it was just the story. Like, this sounds like an amazing story. Imagine mm. these documents, the, the story of this gets declassified. People go, wow, the CIA did this crazy operation. You go, wow, that's a great story. we got to tell people about this story. Let's make a film of it. Yeah. And then you make a film of it and you go, hmm, that was sort of just a good premise and not really a good film. Hmm. So, despite me loving the trailer and buying into the hype, the buzz of Argo, maybe I bought into it too much, because I was kind of let down. Mm. I'm going to give Argo a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. There's things I think work really well in Argo, and I think the first is the setup. I like all... It's a, it's a crazy idea. I like that. And I like all the setting up. The fake office... The plan, everything. Like, I think that's entertaining. You bring all the characters into the fold. The John Goodman, the Alan Arkin, the Kyle Chandler from the White House, the Brian Cranston from the CIA. Like, all the characters coming together and putting this plan in. I liked that. That was great. And I got... Like, I really enjoyed being in this movie. You know, just the scenes of, like, Kyle Chandler walking down the corridors, talking about Iranian hostage situations. It seemed a bit West Wing, like, to <laughs> yeah. me. You know, Zelko even at briefing them on what's going on and Ben Affleck. Like, it seemed like there's a lot of good dialogue, a lot of, like, it was moving. Not that much was happening, but there was a good plan and the talking through. I thought that all worked really well. Then I think in the middle, the film lagged. I think sort of when Ben Affleck sort of goes to Iran and then we focus more on the hostages and his relationship with them and the because at the end of the day, the plan, as you said, it's not really that much action, or when they get to run, not much really happens, right? There's some tension and stuff there, and a few little things that might go wrong. But I feel like the real action in this film is in the CIA office, the bureaucracy that has to get cut through, rather than the actual go like talking to the hostages about how it's going to work. It lagged in the middle. I think the end where they're actually pulling off the plan and then you've got Brian Cranston getting on the phone to Kyle Chandler and stuff like that. Then it comes back to that bit where you've got all... And, you know, uh, John Goodman needing to be in the office to answer the phone. So that's when all those pieces come back together. 
and I liked that. I thought that was interesting. But yeah, I just think I didn't care as much about Ben Affleck and the hostages as much as I cared about the political and not just the politics, but like the CIA end of things and the, the Hollywood end of things, how all those things are working together. So I don't think it was a great film. I thought it was a, in, in some ways a, an incredible sort of true story that was told well, sort of a footnote to history. And um, yeah, I, I just think the cast is brilliant. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, it was a really good film. I, I think it, it could have been better. So there's a generous verdict. <laughs> Let's try and move past that and move on to our segment, housekeeping. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm looking at the housekeeping things we've got written down. First up, just a quick correction. Last week, um, I said that I Kill Him Softly sort of ended uh, with Obama, ended around about the time Obama gave his acceptance speech for the Democratic nomination. I actually meant uh, his, his election victory speech when he won against McCain. So... I'm sure a lot of you are appalled at that, uh, <laughs> that mistake that I made. Uh, we didn't really get any letters or anything, but I'm sure you were thinking of writing one. Yeah, I was there for the podcast and edited the podcast and didn't notice the mistake <laughs> either time. But I'm sure the listeners are much more observant than yeah, I. We've got very good listeners at Screen Verdict. Uh, now, I also have written down here an apology from you. I don't know what this is regarding, so you're going to need to... Apologise to me or the listeners or an actor or I don't know. I don't know what this is, what's coming here. I too would like to address something I said on a previous podcast. Oh my. In our Lawless podcast, I said that John Hillcote, the director, was Australian, but that he possibly may have been born in New Zealand. That is incorrect. (laughs) He was born in Australia and I would like to apologise for implying that he may have been born in New Zealand. In next week's podcast, I'll be apologising to our New Zealand listeners for implying that that's a bad thing. Okay. Um, When you say that's not true, I thought you were going to say he's actually just from America. He's not Australian or New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. I was hoping for something a bit more dramatic or... I don't know. It's like my feelings on Argo. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Um, we also, speaking about politics, um, the election's next week. And are we planning on doing a live Screen Verdict coverage of the 2012 election? Yes, Screen Verdict could be bringing you the results live. Yeah. We said last week we could actually be ahead of time due to the time difference that Australia is ahead of America. Apparently we, that's not how... We got it wrong. ...the space-time continuum works. But we'll be bringing them as they come out. Yeah. Live on Screen Verdict. Live on Screen Verdict. And that will be on YouTube Live and um, I believe our Facebook fan page live. I think we can embed the video into that. Now, um, and there's a guarantee, we will be the only election coverage uh, which will not be political. (laughs) We will be politically neutral. We'll be talking about movies from those states, TV shows from the states. We'll be reviewing them. But it will be election coverage where we give our opinions on films, not our opinions on Obama and Romney. <laughs> we will try to be as neutral as possible as we bring those results in. <laughs> so make sure to like Screen Verdict on Facebook. Mm. And as always, subscribe on iTunes. Yeah. Next week, I think we could be doing a mid-season Homeland review, possibly coming soon. Yeah. 
Because people love the homeland. They sure do. People love the homeland. So has season two been good? We'll talk about it in the (laughs) season review. Yes, I'm excited for that. Hope you guys are too. And we'll see you next week. Go Argo yourself. (laughs) That's not the quote. I'm President Carter, and I would like to validate this podcast as something that really happened.